0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, 10 to 2, on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, today on Science with Simi, we're talking about addictions. Now, addictions are very complicated. They're different for every person. But what has some similarity sometimes is how they uh, get started, actually. Uh, and just, I just wanna, before I get to the science with semi situation, uh, I just, um, I want to mention that Premier John Horgan is actually speaking in Victoria right now, uh, potentially about to talk about the transit strike situation. So we'll be keeping a very close eye on that. So there may be an update on that coming up in a few minutes, but I just saw him walk out and start talking there. So I thought we're going to keep a close eye on that and we'll let you know what happens there. But in the meantime, when it comes to talking about addictions, we wanted to point out this really interesting new study for you. Uh, A lot of people who become addicted to things like opioids Start because it's about pain management, right? How many times have we heard that? May have started with them dealing with some kind of physical ailment, something physically painful, and then it kind of goes downhill from there. But what if there was another way of managing that pain? Could we maybe prevent people from becoming addicted to the opioids themselves or maybe even help them get off of those? This is an idea that's actually being developed thanks to some research that's being done at the BC Centre on Substance Use. One of their ongoing studies looked at the ways in which addicts manage their pain. And the results were surprising because they found a trend. And to learn more about that, we were joined earlier today by Stephanie Lake, who's a PhD student in the School of Population and Public Health at UBC and a research associate at the BC Centre on Substance Use. And here's what she told us. Well, Stephanie, thanks so much for joining us to talk about this today. Tell me about your research, first of all. What did you look at? So what we did in the study is we,
1: we, have, uh, we follow people who are using illicit drugs in the downtown east side. They come in for interviews every uh, six months. And so we uh, gather information, health information, substance use information um, from them. And then what we do is we analyze this data to try and understand patterns of health in the community. And so what we did with this study is we looked at people who reported living with chronic pain um, and we looked at how their use of cannabis related to their use of uh, illicit opioids. Um, and what we found was that people who uh, reported using cannabis approximately every day in the previous six months um, were about 50% less likely to be using illicit opioids every day in the previous six months.
0: I guess the reason why I find this so interesting is because so much of what we heard when it comes To this opioid overdose crisis is the way in which people get addicted, and it usually starts with pain management of some kind.
1: Yeah. So that is one of the trajectories that's definitely come about in recent years. Um, so uh, people are are in pain, they're prescribed opioids, and then they might be, become dependent on opioids. And then something that we also see in the community that we study. So this is a very highly marginalized and vulnerable community in the downtown east side. Some of them have been using opioids for years. And so for some of these folks, it may have not started with a, a pharmaceutical prescription, yet they still experience a lot of uh, chronic pain and And so opioids, whether or not it's from a prescription or uh, a street uh, like heroin, uh, those opioids are often used in self-management of pain. And so we do see kind of both narratives play out in the population that we study.
0: So then if someone in your study was a more regular cannabis user, like a daily user, was that more effective for their pain management in them using fewer opioids.
1: So yeah, what we what we found was that statistically, um, we did find a trend there where uh, using cannabis every day was associated with uh, using opioids less frequently. We also looked at people who were using cannabis, but not as frequently. So they were kind of occasional cannabis users. Mm-hmm. And we didn't find the same effect play out in this uh, group of people who were using cannabis not every day. So there might be something therapeutic, kind of a more therapeutic component to using it every day.
0: Okay, so if you got a trend, that's pretty pretty good because it's not what you guys are trying to do when yeah. you in line <laughs> of work like you're looking for a statistical trend. Exactly.
1: So that was the main finding was the 50% lower likelihood of uh, using illicit opioids every day. And then we kind of did this secondary analysis where we compared people who were using every day versus people who were using occasionally. And we asked these folks why they were using cannabis and they could check off a number of reasons. And so um We did see a lot of people who were using uh, to get high, which is understandable, of course. Um, We also saw statistically it was more likely that the people who were using every day were using for a number of therapeutic reasons like pain relief and like sleep uh, management and and, uh, preventing nausea. So these are all um, possible health reasons uh, that might be kind of treatable with opioids, but they may be treating them with cannabis instead.
0: This is so interesting then because does that change... Now, with what we know about cannabis, uh, our approach to this situation—like—is this more medical than we realized? I think what it what it does it it, re- it really brings to light um, that there
1: is a, a big kind of a spectrum of of reasons for using cannabis, and it's not strictly uh, recreational or non medical. It's probably not strictly therapeutic. There's a lot of overlap in between, and I think cannabis for uh, for these folks might serve a lot of different purposes. But one of these purposes is largely therapeutic. And I think that needs to become a focus of some of this research, Um, really figuring out why people are using it, what types of cannabis they might be using, and, and how this relates to their states of health. And so I think there's still a lot to do in this right. in this area. Yeah,
0: uh, That's what I was wondering too, is it now do you want to know, like, well, how much were they using? What kind were they using? What was the THC level? Like, there's still so many questions.
1: Exactly. So those are some really important questions that we're hoping to be able to dive into, especially now that we are in the era of legalization. We can start actually uncovering some of this information. Yeah. Um, whereas before, you know, buying cannabis, we weren't always sure, what was in the cannabis we were buying. Now that it's legal, at least if we're buying a legal product, we do have access to that information. Now in this population of people who are very low income and might not have actually good access to the more expensive legal cannabis, that might not be as possible. And so that's one barrier that we might be facing. And it brings uh, also kind of uh, up an important issue that's facing this community is is actually equi- equitable access to right. safe, safer and regulated cannabis.
0: What does this also tell us, though, about the issue of addiction and the different ways in which people will try to manage that? It's not just about mm-hmm. getting high, mm-hmm. it's also about managing a whole host of other health issues. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it does introduce some questions around that. Um, something that we will be very interested in looking at in the future, uh, some, a study that we'll be trying to plan out of the BC Center on Substance Use is looking at um, the use of cannabis as kind of an adjunct therapy to Mm -hmm. um, evidence-based opioid use disorder treatments like methadone maintenance. So if people are using cannabis at the same time, is that helping them better manage some of their symptoms uh, for opioid use disorder? Right. This is just a whole
0: new area of research, isn't it?
1: Yes, it's it's definitely new, very exciting, um, lots to do still. And I think what this study does, it really sets the stage for future work in this area. So we haven't been able to prove anything with it. It's very observational data, but it definitely shows us a, a promising signal that this is probably something that we should continue to, to monitor.
0: What do you think it suggests to you? Does it suggest that under the right conditions for a lot of people, cannabis use could keep them off of harsher drugs.
1: I think that that might be one uh, implication of this research. I'm, I'm cautious to make any broad statements with the research that we did do. I will say that um, based on the numbers, that is kind of where the research is pointing. But I think it will be important to, um, to, to study this more um, formally. So formally designing uh, kind of a randomized clinical trial of cannabinoid-based therapies for the management of pain and for the management of opioid use disorder among people who are uh, in pain and people who uh, have opioid use disorder including many of the the types of uh, individuals that we followed in in this study
0: I'm also impressed with those individuals that you followed because they're clearly quite open with you about what their lifestyle they what they're using what they're doing and mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to help unless they were that open with you
1: yeah I mean we have um, so these two studies that um, we pulled for for this research they've been ongoing um, studies uh, in the downtown east side since t- uh, one of them has been ongoing since 1996 and Whoa. the other one is since since 2005. So um, we really have a, a good relationship with um, the folks who are in the study. We have um, people who are trained interviewers who these folks see on a regular basis who have developed good relationships. And so I think this really does help to increase the capacity for us to do this research and really uh, make change in the community.
0: Oh, so fascinating. Stephanie, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Stephanie Lake, PhD student in the School of Population and Public Health at UBC and a research associate at the BC Center on Substance Use. Really interesting, right? The idea that if people who are opioid addicts take cannabis every day for their pain management they are less likely to use those opioids for that if they can just develop kind of a pain management plan. Uh, that very hopeful stuff and that they're going to continue to look into that.